Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Ephesians, if you got your Bibles, we're still in chapter 1. We've been here a month, hallelujah. I think we're going <laughs> to... I think we're going to get a little bit uh, fur- further next week. We'll, we're, we're on a roll here. So we're going to be in verse 18 tonight. If you're taking notes, we're going to talk about your calling. What, are, what has God called you to do? Our calling. And uh, we're looking at the prayers that the Apostle Paul prayed for us, for the people that are reading the Bible, and that's us. Not only to the people of Ephesus, but to us. And so we're looking at the different prayers in Ephesians. He prayed about six prayers, and we've just been unpacking them. And they all have to do with the Holy Spirit, the difference that the Holy Spirit makes in our lives and in our prayer life. So Ephesians chapter 1, we were reading in verse 16 and 17, he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom. We learned last week that he just said that, I thank you that you've got faith, and I thank you that you have love. And how many know when you've got faith, you're saved, right? We're saved by faith. Amen? So he's talking to Christians, and he says, I heard that you have got faith. I heard that you have love. Now I'm praying that you get the spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And our whole thing last week is that the Holy Spirit is always wanting us to go deeper with God in our faith. It's okay that, you know, if you've got faith in Jesus, that's absolutely great. You are on your way to heaven. You are saved. But how many know there is more to God than just believing in Jesus Christ? That's the starting point. Amen? We have in 1 Peter where he tells us to add to your faith these seven things and you'll never stumble. So our faith is just this, the building block of our entire relationship with God. He wants to take us deeper into the things of the Holy Spirit. There's the gifts of the Spirit. There's the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Here he says, I know you got faith. I'm so happy to hear that you got faith. I've got, I'm so happy that you've got love for one another. That's huge. He says, now my prayer is that you will receive the Spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. We talked about that last week, and in tonight is verse 18. He says that you may, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Until I read this, I didn't even know my understanding had eyes. Right? No one really talks like that. He says, but I pray that the eyes of your understanding, our eyes of understanding, that, that is just a picture for us to look, to, to picture in our mind. That we would be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. That's what we're talking about tonight. Paul says, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance? He's speaking about salvation, actually. That's what we're called our calling is to be in him, right, is, is to be our, our salvation. That's what our inheritance. When you think about what God has prepared for us, it brings hope. I'm going to say amen. 
when you realize what God has for us, it brings hope. Thank God there's more to life than just this. Amen? As I always say, if you don't have Jesus, this is as best as it's ever going to get for you right here. If you are a believer, this is the worst that it's ever going to get for you. Think about that. That's the best you can have. Without Jesus, the, the, your vacation or your 401k or hitting that big salary, you know, woo-hoo, that's the, this is the best you're going to get. Highlight of your life right there is whatever you experience on this earth. But for us believers, this is the worst it's ever going to get because there's so much yet to come. Paul said, I, the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. And it doesn't become, see, the Holy Spirit makes that go from being a verse to reality. I'm serious. This this hope can bring us right out of any kind of uh, depression, darkness, anything that the enemy tries to throw at us, anything discouragement. Later, I was just reading ahead, and man, it was so good. Paul said, don't be discouraged by my suffering. He says this in the next chapter. Man, I just got to hold it. I can't wait to get there because sometimes when you see somebody you love suffer and you've prayed, but they're still suffering, how many know that can bring discouragement? It's in the next chapter of this Bible. I love, the Bible is so transparent. But see, the Holy Spirit's got to take those verses and bring them up to you. And you go, wow, okay, I see that. And then he goes in to talk about how to overcome discouragement. But here it's hope, hope, hope. Hope is, is an anchor, and hope is what the Holy Spirit gives us to remind us of what our calling is. You ever just thank God for being saved? Thank God that your name's written in the book of life. Thank God that your sins are forgiven. Thank God that this is, I mean, the more you begin to think about it, the more that hope begins to rise in your life. Amen. But he not only is talking about our calling being saved, our, you know, um, heaven, but the Holy Spirit will also show us what our calling is. And so that's what I wanted to talk about tonight. And I... I'm going to give you all three of these points that I'm going to bring out to you because I'm going to finish tonight, this right here. So I'm going to give you all three of them. We are called, if you're taking notes, we are called, and I'm going to tell you there's a difference between what we, what we are called to do and what we are assigned to do. Your assignments will change, ETS students, Our assignments might change, but our calling will never change. These three facets or these three callings I found in Scripture, really the only three in Scripture that he specifically says, this is what you're called to do. We will never outgrow. We will do these for the rest of our life. And here they are. Number one, to be with him. Number two, to be like Christ. And number three, to be the church, to serve him. These are the three, and I'll show you these scriptures. Number one, to be with him. That's our calling, is to be with him. Number two, to be like Christ. And three, to be the church, to serve him. So this is the first one, is to be with him. Paul said, I pray that the Holy Spirit will just, and he says it again in the next chapter. Uh, Again, he, he repeats himself, but he says, this is what I also want you to know. Here he says, the hope of your calling In the next chapter, he says, I want you to know how much God loves you, how deep and how high in the width of how much God loves you. I mean, he just goes on and on. Again, he's praying that the Holy Spirit will reveal this to us. But our first one is our 
what we are called, number one, this is the first and the single most important reason or purpose of our lives of being a Christian is to be with him. Before we go on any further, before we talk about what I need to do for God, you're called to be with God. And you'll never outgrow that calling. Did you hear me? We will never, ever outgrow that calling. You can neglect it. You can get busy. You can get distracted. If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. (laughs) Because he knows that a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. When we're we're prayerless, we are powerless. We are susceptible. You know how when your immune system gets real weak, you can get sick, you catch all kind of stuff, right? So this... As you get older, I kind of, Melinda and I, were getting a little older, so she's looking into this health stuff. And you know, a lot of our immune system is supported by our gut health. I mean, everybody knows that. Well, I didn't. All right, all right. So anyway, so you start learning these things to build an immune system. Why? Because I don't like to get sick. I mean, I like to get sick. I hate to get sick. I'm a baby. I am. I was in the hospital back in 2017. I had to have all that surgery. I had a lung infection and all that, and it got real bad. And I had to go have a surgery and all this, and, and, the, and one of the nurses was in there, and she was taking blood, or she was doing something, and I jumped, and she said, she made a comment about, we done kind of hit it off and talked and had a relationship with all the nurses on my floor and doctors. We kinda, I was there so long, and uh, she made a joke about your threshold of pain is a typical male, male is what she said. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean typical male? She goes, no, it's a proven fact. The girl behind her, she goes, it's a proven fact. Men's... Uh, uh, threshold for pain is significantly a lot less. And, and I thought they were joking. And she started bringing out these stats and proof. It is statistically proven, men, that we are big babies. That's just what, that's what she said. So I don't know what that's worth. But yeah, it's true. And I said, well, I don't care. You know, got any pain? Numb that. Amen. That hurt. So I have no idea why I said all that. But um, yeah, so you build your immune system so you won't get sick. Listen, Spending time with God builds our spiritual immune system against discouragement. Please get this. This is so good. This is so real. This is true. You know why Jesus said, the God of this world, he said it to his disciples. He said, the God of this world is coming for me, but he's got nothing in me. Why? He said, because I always uh, abide in my Father, and my Father abides in me. The things I see my Father do, I do. The, the things I hear my Father say, I say. I am in Him, and He is in me. So the God of this world has nothing in me. What's He saying? I stay spiritually healthy. And the devil just comes with his germs, with his discouragement, with his temptations, with his lying uh, lies that he tries to get me. They just bounce right off. And he's got nothing in me. And the disciples looked at him, and they said, man, what... Teach us this one thing. And what did they ask? Teach us to pray. That was the source of his strength, was praying. We are called to be with him. Look in Mark chapter 3, I believe it's on the screen. When Jesus called his disciples, he said he went up on the mountain and he prayed all night. And then he came down on the mountain and he called to him. Watch how this is worded. He called to him those who he himself wanted. He specifically prayed all night for which people to choose to be his disciples. And he, he how many know he chose you? Paul says that, I don't know how many times in the book of Ephesians, you've been chosen. He's he's chosen you. You've been chosen to serve the Lord. Some of you are the only ones in your family. It's not an accident. Yeah, you heard somebody and you think you stumbled across the church or you, you know, no, God chose you. 
What happens to that theologically is the call goes out. Many are called, but few are chosen. The call goes out all the time, but only those that respond to the call become the chosen. And to them, he says, you were chosen. Amen? He chose them. Then watch this. And they came to him. Then he appointed 12 so that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and heal and all that other stuff. But what's the first thing? This is why he called them. He said, this is why I called them, that they would what first, that they might be with me. Our number one calling is to be with him. What we do for him, ministry flows out of our relationship with him. Ministry flows out of our devotion with him. When we, you know, that's when ministry really gets tough. That's when living for Jesus really gets tough is when we're not spending time with them. That's how I've noticed it. We start losing the why. When you start losing the why, the what gets harder. Well, the why, you know, to get filled with his spirit and in his presence, you begin to feel that, that uh, strength coming from within you because that's what we're called to do. We're always going to, that's our number one calling, is to always be with him. Make time for that. Spend time with him and be in his presence. And then the second thing that I found in Scripture, what we're called to do is in John 15, 8, Jesus says, By this my Father is glorified, that you produce much fruit, so you will be my disciples. This is how we, we are called to bear fruit. We are called to bear fruit. That, that's what we're called to do. And then he goes a little deeper and says, bear fruit. What, what does it mean to bear fruit? To be like Christ. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, uh, faithfulness, self-control, right? All of those describe Jesus. Every single one of those describe Jesus. So as we bear fruit, what's he saying? We become more like Christ. That's what we are called to do. We are called. We will never outgrow that. We will never outgrow sanctification. That process of when we are growing to be like Christ. No matter how long you serve the Lord, you're always, you and I are always going to be called to, to be like Christ. You remember when God began to work on your tongue or your attitude or your thought life? I can keep going. I'll get all of us. Remember when he was working on my tongue, you know? I began to read scriptures that said, don't let any... Uh, Filthy communication proceed out of your mouth. And James comes along and says that with our tongue we bless God, but with our tongue we curse man. He said, can fresh water and salt water come out of the same well? Brethren, this should not be. And if any man, I had to memorize this stuff. If any man claims to be religious, but he can't bridle his own tongue, his religion is worthless and he deceives himself. That's one I hope I, I wish I didn't memorize, but I did. If any man claims to be religious, but he can't control his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. I mean, he, James spends half of his epistle talking about the tongue. Well, I'm telling you, that's what we're called to do. And the Holy Spirit, here's the whole point, helps us do that right there. No man can tame the tongue, but all things are possible with the Spirit. The Spirit of God will help you get a hold of that thing. The Holy Spirit will help us not to lose our temper. That's our fruit of the Spirit, self-control. Amen. I know. Come on, don't preach me down now yet. I know. 
Jesus said, I want them to bear fruit. This is how they bring glory to your name, is by bearing fruit, becoming more like me. Become more like me. And then he says later in Ephesians, he says this, Ephesians 5.1, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Wow, look at that. Be imitators of God. People say, well, I ain't perfect. I know we like to say that, but actually the scripture tells us to be like God. Try our best to be like God. You can't do it in the flesh, but we can imitate God with the help of the Holy Spirit. This is what we're called to do. I mean, no, that's why it's a a lifelong process. You are called to be imitators of God. My little grandson is just over a year old now, and he's in his imitation state. That's what he does. He just imitates you. And earlier, I got a little dog. We got a little Maltese. She's a little lover little dog, man. She just loves everybody. Well, she knows that when you're eating, we don't feed her, okay? But if something hits the ground, it's hers. She knows that. And if you get some popcorn, like we get pop, I'm a muncher. I love popcorn. She will come right up and just sit right there. She knows not to take it out of your hand. But if you drop it, don't get between her and her popcorn. She's legally entitled to it. Well, little Elias James has his little tray. Looks like a fishing tackle box tray. But he's got it full of his little snacks, his little raisins, his little grapes. And anyway, he's over there eating it. And Evie, she backslid. She came over and she reached in and tried to grab a grape. And I, I said, bad. I said, bad girl. You know, and I said, get, get away. I turned around and he grabbed that little thing. He went, bad girl. <laughs> and so we started having a little bit of fun with it. So one of the little child kid game uh, shows was on and they were singing. And I just began to go like this. I look over and he's looking at me and he's doing everything I'm doing. He's just sitting there doing this. And so I just started doing crazy. He would do everything I would do. He's an imitator. He's a baby. But you know what? In the same way, Paul is saying that we need to be imitating God. The only way my grandson can imitate me is if he keeps his eyes on me. And the only way for you and I to imitate God is to keep our eyes on him. When we don't keep our eyes on him, we quit imitating him. When we quit keeping our eyes on him, we we don't act like him. We start acting like ourselves or whatever it is we are focused on. Paul says, as dear children, be imitators of God. And then he tells us how. And walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smell and aroma. This is what our calling is going to be for the rest of our life. I'm not to where I want to be, like the old saying is, but I'm a lot better than what I used to be. And that progression should be said, that that should be seen in all of our lives, church. We should all be looking more like Christ now than we did the first time we said yes to him. If not, we're not following our calling. That's your calling. Well, what about this? I'm called to preach. I'm called to, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. But this, those are different assignments and we'll get to that. But this is our first calling is to be with him so that we can be like him. You know, in Acts, when the apostles, when Jesus was gone, the apostles began to just flood the streets of Rome and preach and, and, and live like Christ. And in fact, it says that the Christians were first called, uh, the disciples were for, first called Christians in Antioch. The name, they gave them the name Christians. We, we call it, you know, it's kind of like a tradition in religious, in, in uh, 
religion of Christianity to be called Christians, but actually that's not how it started. The name Christians was assigned to the disciples for one reason. They were looking and acting just like their rabbi, their Messiah, Jesus. So they said, let's call them Christians. The goal of a disciple during Jesus' time was not to just learn what he taught. Catch this. But to become how he was. There's a difference. When you follow the rabbi, it wasn't just to to learn what they taught you, but it was to become like your rabbi. That was the goal of following your rabbi. And they did it very well. In fact, in in another place they looked and they said, man, they were shocked and surprised for these were um, unlearned men. (laughs) They weren't coming from the schools of education and from the affluent families. They were rough fishermen, just ordinary blue-collar people. And your Bible says they looked at them and they were in awe and said, these are just unlearned men, but they can tell that they had been with Jesus. Let that be said of us. If anything, if they don't get, you know, however they describe us, we need to, if we're really fulfilling this calling in our life, they should look at us and go, man, you're, you're just like Jesus. I worked with a guy that was, he was religious. He was, you know, he would participate with, in Lent and all that. And, and uh, he's a good old Catholic guy. And um, we would work together sometimes. And he had a lot more seniority on me and stuff. And so he was technically my boss. But uh, I never let him get away with that. We had our own relationship. And anyway, but I never forget, every time Lent come around, he would say, Eddie, for the next 30 days, I'm going to be just like you. <laughs> He would. He'd go get an ash on his head. He'd come. He 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 wouldn't eat sweets. He wouldn't cuss, and he wouldn't uh, he wouldn't drink. And and uh, you know, if a girl walked by, he, he wouldn't look at her and, and lust after her. This is what he would do. He's I'm going to be just like you. And I said, well, don't you know? Don't be just like me. I said the goal is, is to be like Jesus. And I said, you know, and I got into a talk with him. I said that's just religion. Religion is when you just want to be like someone for a certain time. I said, man, if you really get to know Jesus, you're going to live like this all the time. That's, that's how you know you have a relationship. It, it doesn't expire after 30 days. You know, we had a really good relationship, and we joked a lot and got along. And before I left, he was starting to go to church, this guy. And it's, it's an amazing story. He's the only sibling. This was, I'll never forget this about him because he had no brothers or sisters. His mom had no brothers or sisters, and his dad had no brothers or sisters. This guy technically had no family. His grandparents were gone. He had nobody. He married a woman who had a son, so he had a stepson. And I've never met anybody like that, that literally had nobody. So for Thanksgiving and the holidays, you know, it was not a good time for him. And those were times when he was very vulnerable, and we would talk about the Lord and stuff. And and his his, uh, stepson began to get older and started getting into trouble. And he began to talk more and was open more to the gospel and I don't know where he's at today. I hope he found Jesus. And, and, uh, but, yeah, he would always say, I want to be just like you for 30 days. Listen, we're not called to be like Jesus for 30 days. We're called to be like Jesus for a lifetime. That's our life. That's our life calling to be like Jesus for the rest of our life. How many's made a decision that you ain't going back? This is it. This is it. There's no going back. Don't none go with me. Amen. That's called a point of no return. Every believer has to get to that place. That's in John chapter 6. 
you got to get to that point of no return, every one of us, that says, I'm not going back as this many disciples left Jesus. And he looked at the 12 and said, are you going to leave me too? And Peter makes that famous statement, and he says, where else could I go? Only you have eternal life. We all have got to make that same decision. There's no going back. There's nothing to go back to. I'm all in. For the rest of my life, I am called to be with you so I can become like you. And then lastly, what we are called to do is we're called to serve him, and that is to be the church. I love this in 1 Peter. In the New Living, it says it so well. He writes this, and he says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Everybody here has a gift from God. You have personality gifts that God has given you, and then you've got spiritual gifts. Everybody here has got gifts from God that he's given you. It's kind of, that's what makes us different from other people, is our abilities, our gifts. Peter says, God has given us these. Use them well to what? To serve one another. He says, if you have the gift of speaking, then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. I remember reading that for the first time in my first ministry. It was in a soup kitchen. That was my first ministry, was to go back into my neighborhood where I came out of the streets, and I had an opportunity to preach to, to homeless people. I loved that ministry. And I read this, and I said, I would study. I would study for hours to go in there and preach. And while they, they were there just for the food, because as soon as they finished eating, I'd still be talking. They'd leave. They were just there for the food. But as they began to hear me preach, I would study. I would prepare. Because this says if you're going to speak, speak as if in your mind you're speaking for God. Everyone that's teaching in here, every life group leader, everybody that volunteers in a teaching assignment, girls ministry, boys ministry, this is for you. You need to take it. Seriously, if you've got one kid, four kids, or 400, we teach this in ETS. It doesn't matter the size of your ministry. It doesn't determine the value of your ministry. An airplane pilot may have four people on his plane. He is just as responsible for those four people than the one, a pilot that's flying a 747 with 300. It's the same thing. And Peter says, whatever gift God's given you, you, your calling in life is to use that with all of your energy and all of your strength. Look what he goes on to say. He says, if you've got the gift of speaking, then do it as if God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? That's a gift. He says, do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Look at that. Then everything you do will bring what? Bring glory to God, because that's what we're called to do. We're called to bring glory to God. We're called to be with him. We're called to be like him. And we're called to use these gifts to bring glory to him. And how do you bring glory to God? By using our gifts and talents with all of our energy, all of our strength, everything we have. Whether it be speaking, whether it be helping, whatever it does, we do it with all of our heart. That's how we bring glory to God. In all the glory, in all the power, forever will be with him. Amen. That's our calling. It's to whatever God calls us to do, that we do it with all of our hearts. Now, there is a difference between our calling and our assignments. Our assignments may change, but these callings will never change. An assignment is something you're assigned to. Some are assigned temporarily. Some will go from one ministry until God will assign you a new ministry. Others are assigned there for life. That's their, their, they're happy. They use their calling. There are some missionaries that are called to a field, and they are there until they see Jesus. They die there. That's, a, that's your assignment. Some are assigned a, a place, a location. And you're there until the Lord comes. 
Others, your assignment may change. Paul the Apostle started out being in the ministry of helps. He was, not called, he was called to be an apostle, but he did not even carry that title until way later. I read to you Sunday when he first was called, Jesus never mentioned apostle. He said, I called you to be a servant. He said, you're going to be a servant and a witness for the rest of your life. Those titles, he began to work his way. God began to open doors and change his assignments. And the Lord will begin to change those assignments. But those are assignments, and they will change. They may change, but our callings will never change. And our callings are to be with him. Our callings are, are, to, are to bear fruit and to be like Christ. And sometimes in those assignments, Lord, the Lord won't move us on until we are able to fulfill that assignment like this. Every assignment God gives you, do it as if you're there until Jesus comes. David was just as happy being a shepherd boy. He did not even know that Samuel was in the house electing and appointing a king. David could care less. He never got the text message. He never even knew what was happening. Why? He was so happy being in his current assignment. And he would, he would have been there to the day his die, that he died. But God said, "This is I'm going to change his assignment. Go get him. Go get him. He said, do you have another one? They had to come and get him. He was not looking in the window, just going, ooh, pick me. Give me my chance. Come on. Uh, just give me my chance. He didn't. He could care less. He was happy out there. And that's what we got to do. We got to learn to be content in the season that God has given us, the assignment that God has given us. And said, Lord, David said, I would be happy if I was just a doorkeeper in the house of God. That was our brother Don's favorite scripture. It's good to see Val and Diana here. He used to love when I said that about that. That's me talking about me tonight, Pastor. David said, I was happy to just be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Amen. That's our calling, to be content in those assignments. And we'll be content with those assignments if we are loyal to our calling of being with him. Where does these wars, James tells us this, where does these wars come from? Uh, James chapter 4. The Lord showed me this one night. I got alone with him in, in prayer at Camp Fahola, and I was praying. And I was going through some stuff, and he showed me this. He said, where do wars come from and um, conflict come from? They come from within you. They come from your desires within. You desire something and don't have, and you don't have because you ask amiss. And the Lord began to show me that, that some of the things that I was fighting and, and some of the turmoil that I was experiencing, I actually was causing myself. That's exactly what he's saying in James chapter 4. And I, as I begin to just settle in and say, God, I just want to be with you. And focused in on that calling, that first calling of being with him, that contentment, that joy begin to come. And I just begin to say, Lord, this is good. This is, this is all I need is just you. And then the Lord will begin to open up other doors and move us on. Paul said, this is what I pray for the church. This is what I pray for our people. And I pray that that's our prayer. Lord, let me know my calling. Let me, help me to, to know you better. Help me to be with you. Help me to bear fruit, to be more like Christ. Because that's what I'm called to be, is be, be like Christ. Don't put me in an assignment where I can't fulfill my first two calls. 
Don't put me in an assignment where I can't fulfill my calling. An assignment is good, but if that assignment is going to take me away from my calling, which is to be with you and which is to be like Christ, then that's not an assignment from you. That's an assignment from the flesh, and that's something I'm running into. Hallelujah. But, Lord, I know that this assignment is from you because I'm I'm in my calling and I'm following you, and the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us into into those areas. Amen? Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.